that show here with Eric Pierre, CPA. He got an accounting firm, Pierre Accounting. Check him out, pierreaccounting.com. Out of San Diego. It's in Austin as well. Other cities. My man, Eric Pierre. What's up, Eric? How you doing, brother? Happy New Year to you. Uh, happy New Year to you, too, man. Just trying to stay warm uh, out here in this uh, top history weather in Austin right now. It gets really cold in the morning and really hot, and it gets cold again. So, Yes, indeed. So, so let me ask you, man, how you think about the hire of uh, Sark? Be over at the Longhorns, man. They got rid of Herman. Uh, Nanny got Sark, man. So how you like like the hire out there? I think, well, I believe it should be a good hire uh, based on the fact that the one thing that he's done that Texas has not done in the last 11 years is develop a quarterback. And Sark just turned Mac Jones, who originally committed to Kentucky, into a Heisman candidate. And we've not had a good quarterback since Colt McCoy and everybody was happy with Sam Ellinger because he was slightly above average. But with Casey Thompson and Hudson Card, I can see, you know, Sark uh, turning that, hopefully turn one into a machine and get us back to you know, used to seeing, you know, elite quarterbacks. We haven't had elite quarterbacks since Vince and, and Colt. So uh, out here, we're looking forward to having that kind of quarterback play. And hopefully uh, we can finally challenge Oklahoma. Man, when I was in uh, college at Tennessee State University up in Nashville, I will see Vince Young in, in, in the club. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I have some VY club stories from back in my days at TSU, man. <laughs> well, well, my my, I'll tell you a quick VY story. Uh, so years ago, I ran the Austin Half Marathon uh, while Vince was in the NFL. You know, so Vince is six four, I'm six eight. Uh, I'm running on Congress towards the finish line. This guy walks up, uh, jogs up to me, and I'm jogging a steep, <laughs> steep incline. This guy says, hey, are you Vince? I was like, what? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and I'm thinking, how come it's never a limo driver asking me that? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, man. Yes, VY, man. He was a cool guy, man. I enjoyed my time around him. Hey, he, he'll take good care of you. He'll buy the bar for you. He'll buy you some drinks and some food. So I respect yeah. the man, man. <laughs> so. Why, my man, I was in school trying to get by, man. We was out having a good time. If Chili's on West End in Nashville, he took care of us. <laughs> yeah, that was his problem. He took care of too many people. I wish he had called me a few years ago. I, I actually uh, went to college with some of his uh, teammates at Madison High School. So I heard a lot of stories about him. He's, he's really a great guy. He's, he's really great. I heard he's really great in the locker room. And, uh, you know, we were not surprised when he beat USC. You know, whatever, whatever he... Uh, puts his mind to, he always seems to accomplish. Most definitely. Now, Eric, it's, it's, your, it's your time of the year almost, man. Tax season, man. So tell us about this. A lot of with COVID, people not working, unemployment. How does that affect taxes? Is that they look at as income or is that something else when you have to file taxes this year, 2020? Okay. Yeah. So if you uh, received unemployment, that is considered taxable income. Okay, so a lot of people think that that was free, you know, free money. And particularly earlier this, earlier last year, you know, people were getting about, depending on your state, up to $1,000 a week. That's all taxable income. So hopefully you had some of that money withheld. Uh, also, um, now for business owners, we can get to that later. If you were shut down, uh, forced to shut down or you had significant losses of revenue, the government's uh, giving out tax credits for retaining employees uh, 
for 2020 and also for 2021. So there's some opportunities for our business owners listening to get some money back from the payroll taxes. And plus, uh, if you're aware, we just have a new stimulus bill. There's an opportunity for business owners to get another round of PPP and to get more grant money from the EIDL program. So uh, there's definitely a lot of opportunity, but if you did receive unemployment, that's that's not taxing money. You do need to report it because your state will send you 1099 for that in the next couple of weeks. Now, Eric, for those who don't know about stimulus checks, are, are those taxable income? I've had that question asked to me in my queue as well. Is that taxable? No, no, that, that was just a, uh, the stimulus payments that you received last year and then what you received this year, uh, those are considered advanced tax credits. So if you did qualify, you received that check, it's not taxable income. Now, if you did not qualify, if you did not qualify because your income was high in 2019, but then when you file your 2020 tax, you may be able to get that credit on your tax return to either lower your tax burden or increase your tax refund for 2020. So good deal. Now, Eric, this is a question I have asked as well. When you apply, you get into a new job, how many exemptions do you uh -huh. take? Me personally, Eric, I'll take zero. I want them to take all the money they can so I can get a refund back in the end in, in of next year when I file my taxes. So for me personally, I'm going to take all the money you can so I don't want to owe you anything. But what do you recommend to people to who want to get in hired new jobs now? It's January now, new jobs are starting, filing their W-4s and W-9s here. <laughs> what do they, how many things do they take? Well, that's going to depend on every, you know, everybody listens different because you got people that got four or five kids. You know, some people may have too many baby mamas. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. You know, so you'll make sure you're taking those exemptions. Um, and then some people, you know, are single. So my suggestion is that, you know, there's free resource. The IRS has a resource. You go to their website to do your W-4. Uh, if you're willing to invest a little money, you can also schedule employment with a with a CPA such as myself, or if you're already working with a tax professional, to walk walk you walk you through with what your paycheck could look like. There's also websites where you can run uh, example um, paychecks online to see what your withholdings are going to look like. But at the end of the day, you know it is your responsibility to make sure you do the right right withholdings. And some people. I've been getting surprises because, you know, President Trump had passed the thing to lower the payroll tax. So you had less payroll taxes taken, whether you wanted to or not. And uh, a lot of people, I recommend you should just spend, you know, one hour consultation, beginning of the year, get it out of the way, and you'll have that peace of mind. Because some people say, well, I don't want to spend $300. Well, you may, you may not want to spend $300, but you may owe an Uncle Sam an extra $6,000 because he didn't take that one hour with the tax professional to make sure that everything's okay for you, for your situation, or you may get a large, too large of a refund. And I know people get excited about refunds, but just remember refunds are interest-free loans to the government. And periodically we've seen the government delay issuing refunds, particularly at a time like this. I would not want to have uh, a $10,000 refund tied up in the government when they still have uh, 1 million pieces of mail, but the IRS is not open. We have clients that have $300,000 refunds. They still have not received it. Wow. Yes, I can feel you on that. And another question, Eric, uh, is man, think about this. Um, the 401ks are jobs. Some of them are pre-tax, some of them are Roth 401ks. For your clients Correct. and obviously people listening, what do you recommend in that, in that regard for people? 
Well, everybody, now I'm not a licensed financial planner, but the one thing I will tell you is that, you know, we do have planners in our office. You always take the free money that your employer gives you. So if your employer says, hey, we'll give you, um, you know, 3% if you put in six, then put in the 6% and contribute up to the match. And then whether you have the Roth or not, it's going to depend on your income level, but definitely take advantage of the free money. And then I would get, uh, I would meet with a financial planner uh, to look at your overall situations. One thing that I'm noticing as an accountant is, you know, a lot of people are saving pre-tax, but right now, since we're in a very precarious time where it's likely that tax rates are going to go up for all the money, all the bailouts that we're doing right now. Okay. Yes. That if you put all your money into the pre-tax, what we call a qualified plan, those, when you withdraw that money in retirement, those taxes are higher. So you also want to meet with a financial planner to look for other buckets, whether it's a Roth or some of you that are higher income. There are other ways for you to get uh, non-qualified accounts, you know, through vehicles such as life insurance. And our firm, we can definitely help you with that with our, you know, wealth managers, Eric and Jeff. And, and you know, I have an insurance license. So there's a lot, you know, I would hate for you to save $10 million and then the tax rates 10 years from now you're retired is, you know, 40, 45% because someone's got to pay for all these bailouts at some point. We're going to have to pay for it. Yes. And so you want to diversify. But the first thing you do, going back to your question, the first thing is contribute up to what your employer is giving because that's free money um, that they're handing out. And you want to make sure you take that. And yes, Eric, it was good about this, Eric, because this man is like for me, I do Roth 401k because I rather them take the money now. Don't. Mm-hmm. I want when I, whenever I retire in Florida because I'm going to Florida. I want to avoid the Georgia income tax. <laughs> so I'm going to Florida <laughs> to avoid that. Hey, I, I, I'm looking to retire in Florida too, man. I'll be joining you. Yeah, so that's what I'm gonna do. So I know that hey, let me let me take it out now and go from there. And there we go. Now, Eric, what was the Trump tax cut made it where you could no longer take your state income taxes? Which are federal now as a deduction, right? Is that, is that correct? Uh, no, uh, yes and no. What the Trump tax law did was it capped your the salt, which is state and local income tax, at ten thousand dollars. So states like New York, New Jersey, California, Georgia, where y'all have high state income taxes, yes. your um, so your state and property tax was capped at ten thousand dollars. So we saw our, you know, we, as you mentioned, beginning show, we have an office, a big office, San Diego. A lot of our clients saw their refunds uh, go down significantly because they're used to paying, you know, some have expensive homes and they're paying $20,000, $30,000 in property tax. And they had, you know, let's say $50,000 or more instead of income tax and a high salary. Well, that got lopped out to 10000 So uh, it may be politically motivated, but that's, that's what it is. It's capped at 10000 Right okay, to ten thousand. So yeah, so for so when you're in that situation, are there any other ways you can kind of maneuver the money to find other deductions? And because you know, I'm kind of in the boat that they're in, where it's capped, and I want to find more ways to be able to play. But rather than just take the hit, that I'm well, well, what what area you can, you can get uh, extra deduction on property taxes? Is you should look into you know investing in uh, real estate, you know, commercial. And when I say commercial real estate, whether you have, um, I, I personally don't necessarily recommend 
sick of family homes unless you own a bunch of them. But we get to the multifamily because uh, those property taxes are not necessarily capped uh, versus the single family home uh, versus your personal residence. And then, you know, everybody's situation is different. So there are also tax strategies available depending on your level of income. I'll give you an example. There was a strategy where uh, a client of mine invested $85,000 and he's going to get his taxes for the past five years wiped out. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to talk to you off, off, off the air about that. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and also like, okay, example, same as nothing using me as an example here. Um, folks, I'm not trying to brag, I'm just using an example for people. So, you know, I have a W-2, and plus I have my own businesses as well outside of the W-2. So for right. people like me who have multiple streams of income, what's the what, what is the best way in your mind to try to, you know, do your taxes? Do, 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 you, do you do schedule C's in the 99s or the you, W-2? You, well, you need, to hi, you, need to, you need to hire me first because uh, there's no one size fit all. Just like uh, yeah. you know, I wear a size 14 when I go buy my Nikes. And same I buy here, my, you know. Same here, bro. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, that's a bad example, though. <laughs> <laughs> we both got big feet, bro. <laughs> yeah. Right, but there's no one size fit all, folks, yes. because it's going to depend on, um, you know, your business. May, you know, your business may be Schedule C, but we have clients that are Schedule C's. They have large profits, and then unfortunately, what happens is that you're paying a lot of self-employment tax, and so we have to adjust your your filing so that you're not paying self-employment tax. So, I would definitely say take a look at your you know work with a CPA or a tax professional. If you don't trust one, you can, you guys can contact us. We're more happy. We do this for a lot of clients. You know, we've saved. Uh, I'm going to save a client probably thirty thousand dollars just by changing how their father return in 2020 and folks eric can help you if you're in atlanta orlando birmingham memphis That's right. in dallas it's this is virtual it's global we can, do, can get it done pierreaccounting.com will help you trust me <laughs> on this go to his man's website pierreaccounting.com see i'm plugging it for you brother see, right. <laughs> thank you i appreciate it. yeah and yeah and especially um a lot of people don't realize like as a cpa with the aicp the american institute certified public council who oversees our license. Uh, we have mobility rules that allow us to virtually serve people in other states. So I do have clients in Georgia. I have clients internationally. Uh, I have clients in Texas and California, you know, New York State, you know, all over the country. So with virtual, you don't have to be face-to-face -face for us to, to serve you. In particular, since a lot of people, you know, are sensitive with COVID and some people are, you know, maybe at risk. We can definitely take care of you, and it's pretty easy. If you go to our website, there's a button that says contact us. You fill it out, and somebody will contact you to schedule uh, a virtual appointment with me right away. So it's not that difficult. Now, Eric, you no, know, in our community, black community, like you and I, we, 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 we kind of, kind of got to get the, the money and taxes aspect of it. But a lot of our families don't understand taxes, the, the boogeyman taxes and money. So how do you feel about <laughs> helping us as black people become more financially literate, understand more about accounting, taxes. So we'll, we'll make our money grow with this work a W-2 forever and just get dead in that way. We can kind of expand, make our money work for us with this, saving it underneath the mattress or putting it in a lockbox. Like, like, like a grandma, my great, yeah, my great grandma, she had money underneath her mattress too. Yeah, that's funny. So, so, so how do we go about getting, getting us, our people more open to learn about money and more financially literate about it and wanting to make, make our money work for us? Well, that's a that's a loaded question. 
you know, what we do is, you know, periodically, you know, I do speaking engagements and we have a YouTube channel. Uh, if you type Pierre Accounting on YouTube, you'll see we have about 40 or 50 videos where we talk about uh, multiple things. And so I would suggest, uh, first of all, uh, so I would, you know, look up our YouTube channel. You'll find some, some great nuggets there. I would also follow some intelligent people that talk money. Uh, Dave Ramsey, you know, he's got a podcast. He's probably the best person. I may not necessarily agree with 100%, but he's got a lot of good principles. And I would follow people like that, that, you know, talk money. And, um, you know, and I'm trying to think, because, you know, in our community, we don't have a lot of uh, high-profile financial professionals. There's a couple I could take, but I just can't take the names. Like that one guy on Fox Business, uh, I think his last name is Payne. He has a show every day. And so I would, you know, with Google, there's so many things out there, but I would definitely start out by finding a good CPA. And then I would try to find a good financial advisor that's got a good track record because, you know, the downside of financial advisors, now the ones we have in our practice, they're really good and we've vetted them out, but there are a lot of people that are out there, you know, pushing stuff. And I don't want to name some of them are with multi-level marketing outfits. So I don't want to name drop because I don't want the lawyers calling me. Most definitely. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need no problems. I almost dropped the name and I was like, I better not do that. Yeah, yeah don't so, do it. Yeah, we don't need that. <laughs> and, you know, listen, if you're not sure who to uh, work with, you know, you guys, you know, your audience can contact us and we can push you in touch with the right financial advisor, you know, because I, I know some people when it comes to money, they, they really want someone locally. You know, we can help you find somebody locally, you know, uh, I mean, there are enough black professionals that we can pair you with somebody. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian. And the one thing that the Bible talks about more than anything else that people don't mention is money. And most people miss that. Yes. It's, they, it's it, money. It's not, it's not sin. It's not salvation. It's money. Money's written in the Bible more than anything else. Most of the parables in the Bible have to do with money. Yes, I definitely agree about that, brother. It is, you got that right. People don't realize it too. And you know what, Eric, it's, it's so glad you said it because, you know, we need more resources like yourself because, you know, a lot of times, same with doctors. And I had a doctor on the show a few weeks ago. And it's like mm -hmm. black, pe black people want us to get worked on by another black person because it's, it's like, it makes us feel more comfortable almost because you can relate to our struggle, right. our background. So a lot of my audience loves to work with black businesses and black people. So I do that here on the show. I want to promote black businesses. So I, I, I'm sure that my guys here on the show, my listeners here, would contact you and help you find them who somebody, if it's not you, somebody in the area because I know my listeners, my listeners love to support black business on, on my list. I love, I, love, I love that. Yeah, and you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with you know, black uh, black people, African Americans, <clears throat> excuse me, doing business with one another because every other culture does it. And so, you know, now it, it's, you know, when it comes to CPA, you know, that particular because <clears throat> you don't have to have a CPA license to do taxes, but when it comes to the CPA world, less than 1% of us mm -hmm. are black or African American right now. So, According to statistics gathered by the National Society of Black CPAs, we have currently less than 5,000 licensed CPAs that are Black or African-American in this country. Wow. And most of them are not practitioners. And I'm a second-generation CPA. My father was a CPA. He was not a practitioner. But it's funny, in our household, we have two CPA, Black CPAs, 
You can go to major cities and not even find two black CPA firms in major cities right now. You cannot. There's some now you're seeing Atlanta, you guys are quite a few because you know, you guys are basically shopping city south, but there's some major cities it's really hard to find an African American CPA. And you know, and I, I'm honest with you, Eric, I majored in business administration. And the classes I had at worst kind of struggle was business finance and accounting. Those are the classes that kind of, I was like, oh, man. I, I Now I, I wish I had, you know, focused more on those classes now that I'm in business myself and on my own. Now I wish I had locked in more back in the day at TSU rather than looking at the girls looking good in class with me. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it was easy for me to stay focused because my dad told me, you know, I, he's six nine. He looked down on me before he drove me off to Nacogdoches and said, son, if you pardon my dime, you're paying for this. So I, I lived in the library for five years, man. <laughs> Stephen F. Austin, that's, that's where you went. Stephen F. Austin? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, my, the, the coach is, and me and him are real cool. Kyle Keller, me and him are real cool. The coach out there, the basketball coach. We're real, real cool. Oh, the current, the current basketball coach? Okay. Yep. I, I don't I don't know Kyle, but I remember he was an assistant at Texas A&M before he took that job. My man Amir was there too. I do Raheem at Kansas State now. My man Amir, you remember him? Okay. Uh, I was there from 1998 to 03. I don't remember Amir because I actually was an athletic tutor as well. Uh, so I don't remember a guy by that name. Gotcha. College Station. I mean, it's it's definitely a college town for real, man. You it's gonna be it's popping on the weekends for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I enjoyed my time in Nacogdoches. I was fortunate to, you know, be I made homecoming court and uh, while I was there and also had a chance to, you know, change the compensation for resident assistance to get uh, a, a free room and a stipend today is from a, a bill I wrote back in 2000. Nice, man. You know what's cool about Texas, Eric, is this. There's so many nice D1 schools in Texas to go to. They're going to play football or basketball, so many of them there. So how was it knowing when you was playing ball, when you was growing up, man, all the competition to play, cause all this talent down there in Texas. So how was it competition-wise kind of competing against all those dudes in your era there? Well, it's, you know, I'm kind of old now. I'm 40, even though people say I'm young. Uh, it was just a different time. Um, you know, we, you know, people really like competing against one another. We didn't have that many people teaming up like they do today. Uh, you know, I didn't play AAU, but AAU was really hard to get into versus today, everybody and their mom and dad can play an AAU squad. Um, and we didn't have as, also growing up, we didn't have as many distractions. You know, we didn't have these smartphones, tablets, you know, the video games weren't as nice. So, you know, we would go outside and play. I used to play against bigger kids in junior high. I used to play against, you know, guys like, you know, Edwin, a uh, guy named Edwin Tanksley. He was 6'4", and his homeboy was 6'5". I remember uh, I shot a jump shot, and the guy picked me up in the air and slammed me to the ground. I still made the shot, and it was just a different time, and you just had to – if you wanted to play, you had to be willing to uh, take – you know, because, you know, we're, we're rough riders out in the south. We're not uh, quite the pretty boys like in, in out west, uh, and you just had to take a hit because most guys play football. So that's, we, we tend to be a little bigger on the basketball court, you know, more physical from – a lot of those guys, you know, grew up playing football and they focused on basketball when they get to high school. And you're right, because, you know, you know, I'm in my early 30s. I'm 33 years old. You're 40. So I think the generation after me is now it's more so you play one sport. 
I played baseball, basketball, football, and tennis. So I played all year round different sports, right? So, and I'm like, you know, nowadays if you pick your sport, that's what you do. It's no all year long you're doing something different. So you're only exposed to this is my lane, football, basketball, baseball, whatever. And I feel like our, your generation, my generation, we and one behind with the last ones where you can kind of dabble in every, any, dabble before you pick. Now it's like we putting you here. This way, this is what you're gonna be all your life till you. Hopefully, you make it into this sport. Hopefully, but if you don't, you're true. Yeah, and that's a shame because you know it's funny. I did play. I played soccer and basketball and baseball. My dad was mad at me about not giving baseball a little more time, but I got frustrated with the high strike zone. But when I see those contracts today, it's like, man, I wish I'd taken baseball a little more seriously. <laughs> man, bro, this is no, no, no joke, man. I talk about how I switch hit by my old fish, fish, vice little T bat. I learned to check back left hand on my that way, so I was able to bat either way because I would mess around with it and just say, okay, let me try to hit. So it was funny that a Fisher Price little T set taught me how to bat left handed as well as right handed. Yeah. I wish I was a left-handed pitcher that could throw 98 like Blake Snell or Randy Johnson. I'd uh, I'd be wealthy for the rest of my life and probably next few generations. <laughs> I think one of my worst moments was as a 10-year-old, Eric, I fell asleep in left field. That's how I bought <laughs> I was out on my feet, bro. <laughs> it was like, what's wrong with you, man? I, I had dozed off in the outfield. That's how I bored I and moving, moving. I was, there, I, was, I was the first baseman. That's my life. I was the first baseman. No more outfield for me. I was just bored out in, in left field. Yeah, yeah. I used to, it's funny. I played left field and I also played second base, and I preferred second base. I couldn't stand because you know sometimes the pitcher's so good, there's nothing happening for you know two two three innings, striking guys out. And it's just kind of boring after a while. Now, folks, Eric's firm has a, a big sports background. So tell us about your firm and your people you work with who have a great sports background that you want to show the listeners here in Atlanta and beyond, brother. Oh, okay, I appreciate that. Well, so me personally, I played for the San Diego Guardians of the ABA a few years ago for a quick minute before my old body got broken down. Uh, but I appreciate Brandon Cheeks uh, put me on the roster. Um, and then, let's see, our chief... Compliance and analytic officer Trevor Harris was a uh, college tennis player at Millsaps College in nearby uh, Mississippi, uh, close to where you're at. Uh, let's see, Melvin Fairby, our general counsel, he was a four-year letterman at William & Mary. Skylar Hoffman, our California counsel, was a three-year letterman in football at Davidson College where Steph Curry played basketball. Um, our chief uh, operating officer, Kirsty Conway, she's competed in a few NPC shows. And then uh, Ben, I know he, Montgomery, our chief finance officer, played some sports, but he also served in the United States Navy. So, oh, oh, and one more, our new hire, Carrington Bindham, who uh, he was a, all, he was all Big 12 corner at University of Texas. And he played in the NFL for Baltimore, Carolina, Arizona. So I always tell people that, you know, if we were to go against the small firms and and uh, and uh, flag football, we would probably smoke them. Now, if we're going to start going against Deloitte where they're hiring, you know, guys that play at Syracuse and stuff, we might have trouble. But against the mid-sized firms and down, we can put Trevor quarterback. We can put Carrington wide receiver, give our quarterback time to throw, and we're going to smoke you. 
Yeah, no doubt, man. Hey, I can still go out there and catch balls too, brother. I still got some speed left. I got some speedy size 14s left, man. I still got a little something left. <laughs> well, Ke Ke you know, Carrington ran a uh, 4 3 on his uh, pro day at Texas. Wow, man. He was moving, boy. He was moving. Yes. Yes. Now, so are you guys a no? Are you a Rockets fan or Mavericks or are you a Spurs? Which one are you, man? Man, I grew up in Houston, man. It's got to be Rockets, and no way I could I could never, as a Houstonian, a true Houstonian like me, could never for any Dallas team. That means no Cowboys, no Mavericks, no Stars. Their uh, uh, their foot MLS team, their WNBA. I don't root for any none of their college teams. Nothing. No Dallas. I feel you on there. So let me ask you this now. Now my man Robert Covington was there from TSU. He got traded mm. to Portland, unfortunately. But that was my guy. So what are your thoughts on your boy James Harden? Is it time to trade him away and move him on? Or give me your thoughts, brother. Because you a Houstonian man. Talk to you. Oh man, James. First of all, I enjoyed Robert Covington uh play. I thought he I was not happy that he was traded because he was a really good perimeter defender and he started becoming a better uh, three-point shooter, and I'm surprised he's been traded that much because he seems to be a really good locker room guy. As for Harden, I think at some point you're going to have to trade him, but I would not trade him right now because nobody is willing to give what they want. You know, guys like James Harden only show up once every 20 years, and, you know, that situation has become untenable because, you know, supposedly James is not happy that the owner is a Trump fan, and I think, and then Daryl Morey left, and then Tony left. So he he was out for extension, but he didn't want to be part of a rebuild because you know Tillman Fertitta, his money is tied up in the casinos and restaurants right now. So he is cash strapped, and he's looking to reduce payroll. But I would wait till close to the offset break when teams are desperate, and then I think you'll get a, a suitable trade. I would try to get a Ben Simmons uh, if I could, if I'm Houston. Most definitely. Now, I, I feel bad for Coach Silas, his first job, and yeah. I don't want to be there, and all this drama. I, I, I mean, as a black young black coach, man, who's paid his dues all these years, man, I feel bad for that brother because he's coming into a mess. He signed, he signed up signed into a dysfunctional mess, unfortunately. I would agree with you, and that is something I'm disappointed with, James, because you know, a lot of play, you know, all of us athletes, whether we're NBA, most of us African-Americans, let's – you know, just to be honest, and I'm, I'm sorry if, you know, if this offense me, but most of us want to play for black coaches. Yes. And this is one of the rare chances where a black coach was hired to a good organization because normally black coaches get start off in really bad situations. Atlanta, Lloyd Pierce. Like Atlanta, Lloyd Pierce, right. <laughs> you know, Byron Scott, you know, coached the Lakers when Kobe was at the end of his at end of his career, not, not Pete Kobe. And you know, Doc Rivers started out in a bad situation in Boston. The only reason that got good because they were traded. Remember for Orlando Garnett. first. Right, right, right. They well, fought, yeah, when Trace McGrady got hurt, they fired him mid-year. He joined ABC, and then he got the job at Boston after the ABC run. When the Lakers right, but, 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 Boston was not, but Boston was not a good job sure, the trade for sure Garnett wasn't. And, and Allen. And, you know, I was disappointed in James not wanting to help a, a black coach look good. You know, I just look, if he doesn't want to be there, I get it, but he should at least come to camp on time, uh, be in shape, you know, stop stop the partying, make Silas look good, and it actually would increase his value and help him get traded. Because right now, James is a is what we would call a distressed asset. And 
And I have wealthy clients that go get distressed assets that never pay top value for it. Most definitely. And look here in Atlanta. Now, we've blown leads last two nights against the Knicks and the Cavaliers in the fourth quarter. <laughs> up by 15, up by 13. And we're four and three. And I, it hurts me because I like Lloyd Pierce. And you know who we hired as his defensive coordinator, don't you? Nate McMillan, a uh, former head coach, right? Uh, so guess what? If the Hawks aren't playing too well and we're not going to make the playoffs, and guess who's the coach and waiting already on, on, on the bench? Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan. So whenever it lost, it hurts because that could mean – uh, uh, now he's having much room to, to work with if it gets kind of bad. Oh, Lloyd, we're going to go in a different direction. And got the guy <laughs> on the bench already, Nate McMillan. If I was Lloyd Pierce, I would, I, I know he probably forced it on him probably. I would not want him on, on my bench because his best friend, right. Greg Foster, went to the Pacers with the coach Bjork in, in Indiana. He got a promotion, right? It's like a system up in, in Indiana. So it opened up the spot on the bench and hire okay. McMillan. And if all Lloyd appears, I'm like, uh-oh. That, that, yeah. That ain't, uh-uh. If I don't get off to a good start, uh, we ain't moving in the right direction. That's, yeah, because this, this is, uh, if I recall, this is Lloyd's first job, right? So yes. ownership probably wanted a, an experience, had coach, but they didn't give him someone like, say, you know, Del Harris or – Guys that are experienced but are not trying to be head coaches anymore. Yeah, and yeah, so he he, he got he got hit. Chris Gent at Ohio State, Melvin Money Hunt, Greg Foster, and that was his first staff. He had two years developing all those guys, all all those young guys, getting all those L's. Now our GMs with all this money, because Bogdanovich off the bench, four years, seventy two million, eight eighteen million dollars a year. Get little guy Galinari, three years and six sixty one point five million off the bench. Rondo, two years, 50, 50 million off the bench. Uh, Chris Dunn, two years, 10 million off the bench. So all this money is in our bench. I'm like, I know you want to spend the couch space, but these, um, I don't know, man. Now you, got, you, you, have to, you have to start some of those guys. Now, I wouldn't start Rondo because that's Trey Young. But, yeah. Yeah, Bogdanovich should be starting. He calls the bench every night. Uh, well, we're starting Trey Young, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, and Clint, Clint Capella. So that's who we're starting. Ah, uh, man, I miss Clint in Houston, man. He was a really good uh, rim protector. Not and he's bench. really good. And, he's, and Clint's also really good at the pick and roll. Yes. Uh, rim run off the pick and roll. Oh, yes. Trey Young loves that, man. Those in them lobs, man. So off the bench, we got Solomon Hill, Bogdanovich, mm-hmm. Rondo, Kevin Herter, or Bruno Fernando. Or Gallinari when he's healthy. So we have 11 men that we can play on a given night, right? If, if And I'm like, we, we all, I think we have too many guys who we, we can play too. And then Chris Dunn's hurt. So that's like, I mean, 12 guys we can actually play. I think we have too much we can play. And you got to remember, we got these young draft picks in Hunter, Collins, Herder, Reddish, with Trey Young. And so – I feel like you're trying to – What are we trying to win now or develop our talent and figure out who's going to be here later down the road? So, man, I feel yeah. like the, the ownership's ants to win is kind of mucking up for Lloyd. And it's, it's like we're kind of in that middle path right now of win now or develop our talent. We're kind of yeah. purgatory almost. Yeah, I'm curious to see how Kim Reddish is going to continue to develop because I thought that he'd be a little better by now. 
his, you know, he I like his length and his outside shot. I thought he would be better too. So, but I, and I think when it gets down to it, we'll be playing more of Gallinari and Bogdanovich and Reddish will probably start, but not finish games when everybody gets mm-hmm. healthy. Because Rondo's hurt right now, Chris Dillon is hurt right now, Gallinari's hurt. So we got three bench guys who signed are hurt right now. So Cam's getting a lot of run, and we're blowing fourth quarter leads. So he's had Cavs and Knicks. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, yeah, but I, but, but you guys are still going to be have a better year this year. Uh, I think if you guys uh, contend for a playoff spot, I don't know. I don't necessarily think the goal is to make the playoffs, but if you can hover around the the eight nine spot, I I would consider it a big success this year. Most definitely. Now, Houston, a job opening with, with the Texans. Now, Bill O'Brien would trade you for a bag of chips, obviously. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, man. <laughs> and our Falcons job is open here, too. Now, I'm like, hey, I would not want the Texans or the Falcons job because of salary cap and picks. Picks with Houston and salary cap in Atlanta. I mean, I would try to get San Diego, what well, the Chargers, rather, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Jaguars, even the Jets, because they have – draft picks to work with. In Atlanta, mm-hmm. Detroit, and Houston, you got to deal with other ownership factors and not mm-hmm. coming being bare. I don't know, bro. I'm like, whoever comes to Atlanta, you already you at your hands house behind your back if you sound here. Same with Houston, if you ask me as well, because Bill O'Brien traded the whole world away for nothing. Uh, <laughs> you know, I would say the Houston job is still a good job because you have Deshaun Watson. In the NFL, you got to have quarterback. I think the best jobs are actually going to be Houston. I'm not ranking them. Houston, the Chargers, and then uh, Jacksonville, since it's presumed to take, they're going to take Trevor Lawrence. And then maybe the Jets. But, you know, wherever there's a good quarterback, that's the job you want to take. Because as long as you have a quarterback, you can figure things out. You know, in Atlanta – uh, Matt Ryan is a little old now, and he's got a big Matt Schaub is retired. Matt Schaub retired yesterday. He says he's I'm done. Matt Schaub made three, three million dollars this year to do nothing. <laughs> man, I remember what Matt Schaub did in Houston. I don't want to talk about that. Same in Atlanta, too, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, man. Like, our cap is tied up, bro. Like, yeah. I, I have no idea what to do, man. I think. We, we came. We came to Houston. Was up twenty eight to three and blew that lead, and they've been saying ever since. Yeah, yeah. And then Kyle Shanahan left, and <laughs> Matt Ryan also looked like a B quarterback, seven eight plus, huh? Yeah. So yeah, man. So man, I love Houston though. Uh, one, one of my good friends, uh, two of my good friends actually, Scott Perra, coaches at Rice, and we got my man, uh, John Johnny Jones and Randy Randy Peel over at Texas Southern. Those are my guys, man. So. When I come when the Hawks come to Houston all the time, I go to see go over and see, see those guys. And I'm like, oh hey man, how y'all doing, man? And practice, the Hawks always do a shoot around at Rice. Because you know, mm. the, the Rockets are at Toyota Center on the floor. Because the Rockets facility, the Toyota Center, the Hawks don't do a shoot around there. Right. And they, they just shoot around at Rice rather than okay. the Toyota Center. Yeah, I, I don't live in Houston anymore, but yeah, I do remember that the Rockets practice court is a, is in the Toyota Center building where they do their shooting around. Uh, man, I've been to Rice now. I know they have a beautiful new arena. I, I went to a game when Ben Gordon and Mecca Okafor played for UConn at the old Audrey Court that made high school gyms look good. Wow. <laughs> wow. 
Ben Gore and Omeka Okafor. I remember when the Matt who who drafted the Bobcats drafted Omeka Okafor over Dwight Howard, right? No, he was drafted number two. Orlando had the number one pick. Okay, and took Howard. So there was a debate about Okafor Howard and Orlando uh, picked correctly. Okafor had, wound up having a, a back issue. Gotcha. Well, Eric, maybe you've been good with your time, but before you go, tell people more about your PierreAccounting.com, your firm, and how people in Atlanta and Bianca can get help from you and your staff, man, because it's been great to talk to you about sports and taxes and money. It's been fun, <laughs> man. But, I but tell thank people you, about your, you. Side, your site one more time, brother, before we get out of here, man. Okay, so anyway, in case you guys missed it, my name is Eric Pierre. I'm the CEO, owner of Pierre Accounting. Uh, if you want to find our website, it's www.pierre accounting.com um, on the website you can hit contact us to set an appointment if you're into social media you can follow us on instagram at pierre accounting um, we're also on twitter under pierre cpa and uh, oh one thing i didn't get to share with you uh, i have a private uh twitter account that's public uh, and those views don't necessarily reflect the views of the firm but that account was named top 100 must follow tax Twitter account by Forbes magazine on New Year's Eve. So uh, we're growing and we're, we're able to help you not only maintain your wealth, but help you grow and build a legacy because you work so hard to make your money. We want to help make sure you help keep it and pass it along to future generations. No doubt, Eric. We'll follow you at Pierre Accounting and Pierre CPA. And send me the private account. Text, text you off there so you have my number as well. So we'll stay in contact. Okay. Brother. It's, it's talking sports game with each other, man. Talk to each man. <laughs> I appreciate that, boss, man. Hey, it's uh, folks. It's Eric Pierre. Check him out. PierreAccounting.com is the website, folks. This is boss man Eric. We out here, people. Check us out. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube